0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday Night Live. (laughs) Oh, it's good to be. We're not having a very good time here. We're sorry. Uh, (laughs) We welcome you to uh, the Father's Church in Dallas. And uh, it is Wednesday Night Live. And we're really happy to welcome our Saints family to be with us tonight. And uh, we are going to study a uh, you, you, The sermon title is Beware. I thought that would be a much more fetching title than Prosecco. But um, and I, <laughs> I just, uh, But we're going to look at that in just a minute. But I, I wanted to make an announcement to All the Saints Network. You're going to be receiving an email, if you've not already received it, about this coming first Saturday prayer time. And um, the... Uh, uh, the assignment, the the, the, uh, the moment that the Spirit seems to be emphasizing is detailed there in the email for you. But we are inviting you, if you would like, to join us in fasting from sundown on Friday going into Saturday morning uh, when we pray here. But um, if you would uh, just join us. Uh, fasting is for the purpose of... Uh, allowing our lives to be submitted to God so that we we then pare away the things that could occlude our ability to hear. Fasting is a fast of meekness. It deals with our strengths in us. Just as fasting in the natural does some kind of a cleansing, remedial type of work within our physical bodies, in the spirit realm when when we fast, we are addressing more, of the way we walk in faith than anything else and as we've taught on so many occasions during the maybe in your past when you'd hear about fasting i know this was the way it was when i was a little boy growing up in church whenever there was fasting it always meant that somebody was in trouble or there was something that was going on people would fast i think i can just say this colloquially in order to get the attention of god you know because he in there they would never say this but he really wasn't listening really well uh, I don't know that he's really aware of what's going on so if we get enough people fasting certainly if I fast then maybe he'll hear me and that was kind of the viewpoint of fasting but um, I know that as we've studied fasting it has so much more to do with us and so um, we are going to be offering ourselves to the Lord on this first Saturday this fourth month would be the first of the four months of fast of feasting. And uh, we're going to be doing a literal fast, a physical fast, from sundown through the next day when we pray. So be on the lookout for that and prayerfully consider whether you uh, would like to join us in this. And we're looking forward to a great time in, uh, in prayer this weekend. Of course, you don't have to wait till then to pray. You can go ahead and pray tomorrow if you want to. Um, tonight we're going to look at this uh, unique word, Prosecco. And I uh, honestly, uh, I, I, I felt like this was a real, as always is the case, a real gift from the Lord to me because I was uh, praying in here this morning and um, I kept thinking I, I needed to speak about seducing spirits. That was always a funny term because when I was growing up, you know, seducing had always some kind of a, kind of a lusty kind of a connotation. Uh, we didn't use the word often in my house, but <laughs> but that's kind of what you think. But it that word in in the Bible, Jesus says, or the Bible tells us that there are going to be seducing spirits in the last days, and they are here we're going to talk about what that means here in just a moment but I knew we were going to look at this passage and so when I began to study it I was just doing my diligence and I was looking through the different words and many of them and you've studied the word enough to know if you, if you are like me and believe the word of God is from God um, if, you, if you, you know a lot of these words already but um, when, I, when I looked at giving heed um, I honestly I'd never really paid much attention to giving heat I just always thought that it meant to pay attention to it and um, but when I looked at it I saw this word Prosecco which is immediately after prosuke and um, we've studied prosuke a lot in the past couple of years because that in the New Testament that's the type of prayer that accompanies supplication and we've talked about what prosyuke means it means that when you're partnering with God as a partner in supplication if you're sensitive in spirit God will illuminate certain things that are it's kind of a it's kind of an interpretation but it's a it's more of a prophetic directive he'll illuminate something that you need to begin to declare or you need to begin to proclaim or you need to begin to allow to be a focal point of where you're going and and it really is a staging point of grace and prosuke is a very powerful thing and I I believe we've been utilizing it but um, I I think that it's going to become more and more pronounced because it's something that the Lord wants it's something that's a gift to us in grace and remember when you offer supplication it's partnership with God it's not begging and pleading it's a partnership concerning what he's entrusted to you and what you're working with him to accomplish it's his will it's what he wants to do how you are partnering with God and in that God who is the boss will give you an insight just like if you were in a business and you came together and it was a project that was pressing and you were responsible for it and you were uh, engaged in some kind of of a report given to the boss about what this project was that they put you over chances are that person would say okay well this is a key point or this is a key point you emerge from there thinking okay I've got this directive I still have to use common sense, and I still have to work, and I still have to do these things. But at least I know these two things through their counsel is vital for me. And you, you do those. Now You might do them just so that the boss isn't, doesn't think you weren't paying attention, which is always a good thing. But usually if you've got somebody that's really partnering, they'll give you a clarity, a, a, a synergy of thought. And you emerge from there knowing, okay, this is a direction. I feel better about this. That's what prosukai is. You know, ukai is often translated in the in the ancient uh, world as a wish or a desire, but you combine it with the prophetic, and you see that it is God saying, this is coming. This is something I want to do. Put your stake of of declaration out there. We're going there, and it's it it's it's an assurance it's a weapon it's a declaration it's kind of like a rhema and a kairos declaration concerning your pathway and everything begins with a voice and you begin to declare that it cuts through on behalf of grace and that's a wonderful wonderful thing but the very next word and there is some symbolism that connects these in all of the lexicons is prosecco and what this means is that you that you recall what it is that you have prophetically gained what your your perspective is Uh, not just the things that you know but things that you have embraced and you're moving forward in and you let them echo in your mind in your heart you reiterate them you, you continue to think on those things. You, you, you're declaring them. That word echo is used to describe what we must do when we go before the Heavenly Father, and then those words will not return void. You know, we are, we are allowing them to echo. I mean, an echo is kind of like a verbal shalom because it's gonna go, it's going atten- it's gonna reach its intended terminus, and it's going to come back. That's what an echo is, you know, kind of like in The Grinch. I'm going to whisper so you can't hear me. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. Remember that? (laughs) That's a great line. (laughs) Oh, you should hear the twins do that. Anyway, and I apologize to anybody who's banned that word from your household. I hope. We'll send you some Romancus soap to watch out wash out your children's ears. Um, but anyway, Prosecco is is kind of like something that you've learned through the process of walking in grace. and you 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 are responsible for safeguarding that prophetic perspective. You're responsible to remember where God has brought you. You're responsible to remember, how god has led you along in the progression of development you are responsible for that every now and then we need to encourage and exhort one another but if you don't have that going on in you you're kind of like a, a jar with a big hole in it no matter how much water goes in there it's just going to run right out so this prosecco is really um, essentially knit beside right beside prosuque and um, it really is our obligation to hold on to these things and there, there's a lot that i could say about this uh, in a more practical <laughs> timely manner but i think i'll just let these verses speak for themselves here's the passage that i felt when i was laying yea verily right here this morning praying before god 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 and 2, and then verse 13. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed, there's our term, to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. There's a lot of stuff in this very colorful passage. The first is the Spirit speaks expressly expressly is is a word that um, has a a varied a varied meaning but it it means let me just put it in my translation it means that this is something that's flowing and that it's going to be progressively flowing so the Spirit is speaking expressly there's a The Spirit is making sure that you recognize this is going to happen, and you need to stay tuned into the Spirit because he's going to keep on speaking about this. He's going to keep on giving warnings about this. But lo and behold, know that it's coming. In the latter times, some are going to depart from walking at the right hand of the throne of God in the things that he's entrusted them to do. How, How would you depart from the right hand? Well, first of all, you'd stop praying. Secondly, you would surrender your role as a son. Thirdly, you would disengage yourself from the king of saints, who is praying that the will of God be done in the saints. Fourthly, you just start listening to other things rather than him, and you just depart from it. You say, I don't want it anymore. That's terrible, isn't it? But that's what it says and when you do that you begin to prosecco to seducing spirits you begin to make whatever a seducing spirit would say that thing that is a prophetic mindset in your life you begin to pursue that you begin to reiterate it you begin to instead of going by what has been said at the right hand now you've got seducing spirits seducing is an interesting term it comes from planos p-l-a-n-o-s here in our city we have a town up north growing it's not really a town anymore it's huge plano and it was given that name plains plains p-l-a-i-n-s comes from this original greek word and if you were out in the plains that that was just in a, a big expanse a big old flat expanse and you'll see if you look at your lexicon it'll say a wanderer or somebody that just kinda roams around and sees what's here and what's there there's really no there's really nothing there's no commitment to a specific place you're just out there seeing whatever's there and um, kind of like brings to my mind uh, winds of doctrine that blow people all over the place seducing spirits just our whatever's hip for the moment, whatever, whatever is, is uh, most appealing, whatever, whatever suits your fancy. And there are spirits that will move this along. And people who depart from the faith, prosecco, instead of prosuke they're proseccoing whatever those demons are saying. That's a scary thing. And and they're giving heed to doctrines of devils. You've got those two things. You've got you've got doctrines of devils. <laughs> you've got specific demonic agenda. You've got mindsets that are well laid out. And um, the Council of Seven has them on their bookshelf. Maybe even an app up there. And they 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 have this agenda. And so they send these influential spirits to drive people to this and drive people to that. You know, one of the ways that seducing spirits really get hold of people is they promise them something out there in the blue, and the person then says, okay, this is what I really want. It's the opposite of prosyuke. It's lust, or it's ambition, or it's something. And they say, I've got to become this so I can get that and really that's the way the enemy gets people and if they can get hooked he can blow them all over the place and before you know it they're just reading the reading the playbook of the doctrines of devils that's our world today and that's there they speak lies in hypocrisy and you know this word hypocrisies and that means that they just they're very meticulous um they're they're very meticulous but they're really they're they're going to deceive they're going to take the parts and instead of coming up with the right answer they're going to give an alternative answer and it's going to deceive people and here's the deal this is an interesting phrase having their conscience seared with a hot iron a hot iron there is something my mother used to always say i've been slaving over a hot iron any of you ever heard that phrase slaving over a hot iron you don't hear that very much anymore (laughs) i heard that every week i've been slaving over a hot iron well (laughs) this word really means to be branded to have a sense of ownership you give yourself to you give yourself to something and 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 what happens is your conscience is seared by that brand so that whatever you used to have you know we're supposed to have the sprinkling of the blood over an evil conscience but people who have their conscience seared with a hot iron are only going to let their conscience serve whatever they've given themselves whatever whatever brand they're following it's interesting so you've got look at all these things you've got the searing of the of of the brand of whatever in the world you have given yourself to that owns you now Uh, you've got deceptive very specified hypocrisy you've got doctrines of devils and you've got seducing spirits whatever is out there you know we don't really need to know what what the facts are it's what the popular opinion is this is really in vogue let's do that it will be more appealing and those things and the bible says that individuals uh, who depart from the faith the spirit is expressly speaking this will prosecho that so what do you what does he tell timothy he should do in verse 13 of that chapter till I come. Prosecco, reading, exhortation, paraclesis, and doctrine. I like that. Keep studying the things of God. Remember what you're called to do and weigh those things off of what God has taught you already. That's what you should be proseccoing. And it would seem to me that These these seducing spirits would go after all three of those. They would try to destroy and whittle away doctrine. They would try to cause people to abandon what they've been called by the Spirit to do and to disdain, put a point of disdain from reading godly things to reading other things. And That's kind of interesting. It's really kind of interesting. So prosecco is literally to hold the mind or to declare something you have heard and want to emulate. Prosuke means to prophetically embrace and declare something revealed by the intent of the Lord. Um, Interesting those two words, side by side. Jesus says in Matthew 7, verses 15 through 20, Beware of false prophets. Now let's stop right there, because this would seem like a negative, negative. and it's it's really not a negative. I feel like Chris Farley living in a trailer down by the river. I don't know if you know what that is, <laughs> but but really, this is just saying when when you engage with false prophets, what you need to do as a defense is to embrace the prosecco of what you are what you know you are and don't don't let that be drift away who's saying this Jesus is saying this and how do these false prophets come they come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ravening wolves inwardly they are ravening wolves in sheep's clothing and how do you defend yourself against that taking authority over it binding it calling the pastor telling him to get rid of it no prosecco you keep in your heart what God's called you to be what you've learned what you know from the Word of God you hold that and you don't let anything or anybody hold fast to your crown and don't let any man take it the Bible says and if you don't hold it, chances are it's going to go away. So this is Jesus saying this. Now, I included the rest of these verses because this is, his con- this is his contextual thought. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes or thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bring forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Fruits are funny things. Um, Sometimes it takes a while to know what a certain tree is going to generate. And you just got to wait to see I've often said this about our network and about us here you know time is the great eradicator of lies things that were said about us 20 years ago or even some that people keep saying time has borne out the fallacy of what they were saying here we are doing the work of the Lord spread God's spreading throughout this nation and throughout the nations that's good fruit that's good fruit but you know sometimes I look at things and I'll see a person and I'll say not judgmentally just observing so that's the fruit of this tree This is what is being produced there. Fruit. Jesus says it twice here in this passage. By their fruits, you know them. And um, I just think that um, our remedy for false prophets or, or wolves, remember when we did the study about wolves and we said that they are uh in the bible the enemy they're they're like antichrist type things they they come against the development of sons um your remedy your defense against that is um to remember prosecco who you are what god's called you to be and hold hold on to that watch out for fables and commandments of men titus 1 13 through 16. this witness is true rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith not giving heed to jewish fables now here there's a negative at the front so make sure you don't invest your prosecco to jewish fables and the commandments of men that turn you from the truth or from the things that God has revealed God has revealed to you Uh, don't don't give your prosecco to other things Uh, unto the pure all things are pure but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure but even their mind and conscience is defiled they profess that they know God but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. Wow. Wow. Uh, I also get a, another hit on this in 1 Timothy 1, 1.4. Do not give prosecco to fables. <laughs> There's fables again, mythos and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith so do um fables mythos you know the thing about myths and and this is also um that's in first corinthians that's another teaching but we are we are to we're called to be mighty men and um one of the things that the Spirit is supposed to do through us is to encourage us to, to uh, pursue being the mighty men that God wants us to be. And, and the, word there, the word that describes that is myth in a positive way. But there are other kinds of myths. There are other kinds of stories that, you think about a myth, the Greek culture made those so popular. I mean, all the Greek myths, people would sit in those amphitheaters and watch these things played out, and it captivated them, and that what taught them. you got to be careful what you look for. And Paul says that you've got to really give heed. Uh, don't give prosecco to those things. Now, here's page two, Philip. Uh, when he went in Acts 8 down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them, And the people with one accord gave prosecco unto those things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many were taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. There was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man called Simon, who before time in that same city used sorcery and bewitched. Existeme, the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave Prosecco, from the least to the greatest, saying, this is what they thought, this man is the great power of God, and to him they had Prosecco, because that of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. We've studied about that in many different ways over the years, but here's this Prosecco, and um, you know, uh, the thing that strikes me about this is that Simon, uh, this sorcerer, was working miracles. He, the Bible says he was. Uh, he, uh, he did things and um, he saw things that were mighty in the spirit realm and these people gave their viewpoint and their mindset to him and only the spirit of god through philip only the spirit of god when he preached christ and he came and established the the, the cross could break through that um, we're going to see those days in a broader way than we have and i i think as is so often the case god has been teaching us he has been laying the groundwork for things he has been point by point defining principles from his word and he's all of these things are going to come together at some point of the spirit's choosing and there's going to be a a, a Philip-like moments where uh, there are going to be greater things done and the people the blinders are going to come off people's eyes and um, they're gonna they're gonna to begin to give heed to the things of God I think right now in so many ways the enemy is coming in one way he's coming in in advance trying to dissuade us from going forward trying to preempt what God has ordained to do because he knows these are the ways of God and um, we have to we have to hold fast to what God is giving us and know that the tide is going to turn Pharisees Sadducees and scribes Jesus said Matthew 16 6 unto them take heed this is Horeo to stare and to watch intently and beware the leaven of the pharisees and of the sadducees the pharisees were known for being guardians they were very religious of the law the sadducees didn't believe anything i'm sure they believed whatever gratified them but they didn't believe in the resurrection they didn't believe in the power and um, jesus said to watch them and to view them through prosecco don't be swayed by them Thing about religious people and people who have charismatic giftings personally is that if you're not careful they'll bring you somewhere you don't belong and your only defense is to hold fast to what you know from God Luke 20 verse 46 here he adds to them beware the scribes which desire to walk in long robes love greetings in the markets and the highest seats in the synagogues and the chief rooms at feasts. Beware of them. What's the difference between the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes? Well, the scribes were supposedly the doctors of the law. They were those that meticulously preserved the writings, and they were kind of like the Wikipedia of the day. I'm borrowing that loosely. Uh, if any of the people wanted to know who was ensuring the torah and ensuring the things that were there these guys were that and because of that they had some kind of preferred stature and you know of course they only wanted the best to do this kind of thing you know if if you valued the the law and you were saying you were the defender of the law you wanted to make sure that you entrusted that to people that were top flight who weren't going to make any mistakes and who took their job seriously so it was highest bidder that was a high-paying gig and you know you want the best you pay for the best and that's what these scribes were which is why they could walk in long robes and they could sit in the chief seats and uh, at the feast they got the best place they they love greetings in the markets what was that you know did you ever see the the, the godfather movie when when he's walking through the, the stands and these people are offering him bags of fruit and Marlon Brando's taking them and he's, he's thanking them, you know. Everybody was wanting to be careful to the scribes because they had certain sway. They could speak, they could influence from a position of, of power. And Jesus says, okay, these three opinion makers, these three religious in groups, your defense there is to watch them and remember who you are uh, in god it's interesting okay but we should also watch ourselves luke 17 verse 3 take heed to yourselves prosecco yourself prosecco yourself if thy brother trespass against you rebuke him and if he repent forgive him i like that one you know at least you're just not being told to forgive you can get a re- good rebuke in there, especially if they're not watching. <laughs> hey, what's the matter with you? And <laughs> hey, you know, if you do a good enough rebuke, maybe they'll ask for you to forgive them. I don't know. I'm just joking here. It's a Wednesday night crowd. <laughs> anyway, but you got to take heed to yourself, and um, and how do you take heed? Prosecco, view everything that happens to you. I know this is is a discipline. Through who God has called you to be, what he's established you in, what you've learned, you hold on to that and view everything through that. Because usually what happens is something happens and we lose all that. (laughs) It's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Away it goes. Halfway through the rebuke. Your prosecco's gone. You don't even know where it is. Let's look at this next one, <laughs> Luke twenty-one, verse thirty-three. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Take heed. That, did you ever combine? Did you ever combine that verse with the prosecco? I hadn't. I didn't. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words that I've spoken that are available. They're not going to pass away. So, Prosecco, take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting. If you look at that, it'll say, having a headache from drinking too much. I just put a hangover there. And drunkenness. (laughs) I think the whole Saints Network would agree with that translation. There won't be any bickering about it. And cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. There's difficult times. You know, you might be tempted to get lost in something, to inebriate yourself with this or with that. But cares of this world can do that. Um, don't miss the moment. Remember the words that the Lord has spoken and prose- echo. Now, I like this next one. Get ready for it. Well, not quite yet. Second Peter 1.19. We have also a more sure, we studied about that on Sunday, babeos, uh word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you pros echo, as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. So remember your prophetic mindset. Here we go. Anybody know what this music is? You better think, think about what you're trying to do these. Aretha, we're putting a little Aretha out there for you. But this is the words of Gamaliel, uh, which was one of Aletha's older brothers. <laughs> Gamaliel Franklin. <laughs> Acts 5, verse 33. And when they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people, and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space, and said to them, You men of Israel, take heed, prosecke, to yourselves what you intend to do as touching these men. Prosecco. He was counseling these Jewish people to think about what they were trying to accomplish, to think about what would be best for their position. And he was saying, you better let these guys alone. It continues on to say, if they're of God, you're not going to be able to stop them. If they're not of God, they're going to fall apart anyway. Wouldn't that be great? If we would just establish our own prosecco and just kind of let things play out. Sometimes, of course, you've got to take action. But um, I just, I just think this council, even even this man who Paul sat at the feet of, the Apostle Paul, sat at the feet of Gamaliel. He was taught as a Pharisee under the Pharisees, and um, he's saying, counseling the Jewish leaders. Do what's best for what you're trying to do here. Don't don't contribute to your own demise, and you prosecho, you you represent yourself and don't do anything that could damage you. That's interesting. Now what should happen? Acts sixteen fourteen. A certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira which worshiped God, proscuneo, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended, prosecco, unto the things which were spoken of Paul. What he gave, she accepted and made a part of what she was. God opened her heart. God opened her to this and you know here's the deal um i think the reason that all of you are still here is that somewhere in the past god opened your heart god's anointing came and you were willing to accept his calling and embrace your role as an intercessor your identity as a son um you're standing in the gap for what God is doing and what he's wanting to do. Lydia had this happen. She was proscuneoing. And when the Lord opened her heart, what she did was she prosechoed what Paul was teaching, what he was saying. That became he wasn't governing her, he wasn't bossing her she received what words the spirit was giving to paul and what were those words well you got 27 you've got lots of books here that paul wrote in the new testament and um we know what he was writing we know what he was saying and um i i think that that's happened to all of us and and paul you know was the beneficiary of of this woman's philanthropic support and uh, her intercession and, and what she was doing and embracing the Word of God. But um, the counsel that he gave to Timothy, till I come, prosecco, the reading, the exhortation, and the doctrine, this is what Lydia did. And, you know, I could go a lot of different ways with this right now because i've left my son my time i left some time for me to do some preaching but i got to be really uh, discretionary but I, but i would say this that if god is commanding you to prosecco one of the things you've got to be really careful that you don't do is number one you don't become lazy In applying yourself to the things God has been teaching in in the Word, the rhema progression of how He's been releasing things. It's up to you to read, it's up to you to devote yourself to what you're called to be. You don't know what all you're called to be, but you certainly know what you certainly know now certain things that you're called to be. Devote yourself to that and do your best to to continue to remind yourself of the things that God has taught. And if you do that, then to some degree, you're going to have a a buffer. You're going to have a wall of defense against false prophets, against wolves in sheep's clothing, against Jewish fables against seducing spirits against doctrines of devils you're going to have a buffering there then the other thing you got to do is be careful if 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 you're going after the purity of what God has is revealing whatever you read whatever you hear View that from the standpoint of what you already know in God, what you know in God, not just what I've taught you, but what you know in God. Because the enemy will come and say, well, that's just what pastor says. You know, there's a lot of different opinions out there. I mean, what you know in God, you embrace that. And if there's something, no matter how how persuasive, no matter how anointed with doctrines of devils it might be you know if it doesn't ring true don't let it in you know it's kind of like that passage that john speaks about um judging spirits as to whether they're of god and we've taught on this and i really don't see uh how this interpretation can be faulted any spirit that will not agree to the fact that Christ came in the flesh is, is, is not of God. What does that mean for us? Well, you know, I'm sure that every devil that was, you know, that none of them has died. They're still alive. They all saw Christ come in the flesh. They saw Jesus come in the flesh. They saw the crucifixion. They rejoiced in it. They fear and tremble at his resurrection and things that he's done. So from a factual standpoint, why would any of those demons not agree that Jesus came in a, in a natural visitation? So it, it can't just mean that. It has to mean, why did he come? why did he come in the flesh he came to open the door for us to be redeemed he came to open the door for us to walk as sons he came to open the door for us to be christ-like he came to open the door for us to know the father and begin to represent him through the cross that's why jesus came in the flesh and any spirit that denies any of that is not of God. You see, that's the only way that that passage makes any sense. So you can, you know, you can run around. I, I've, I've heard people, uh, and, I, and I try not to listen too much to this, but in, but in the past, <clears throat> I've heard people that I know were demon-possessed. I mean, you can just tell. Sometimes you can see kind of a shadow behind them. It's not always the case but kind of like you know and sometimes you see in those catholic paintings of, of of jesus they've got those little glows well sometimes you can see um, a demonic presence that's just dwelling there and i've heard people talk about christ coming talk about how that you know he he came and he was on earth they admit to that but what they don't want to admit to is that it has any bearing for you today what they don't want to admit to is that there's something beyond just being sitting in a pew and waiting for the rapture that you're supposed to be moving in sonship they don't like that and they offer all kinds of other alternatives so it's kind of interesting you know I could go up to a person like that and say did jesus come was he really did he really walk the earth of course he did i i've i've heard that now some people will deny that but um you know there's some people that say that he he came but he really wasn't fully man that's an interesting thought that was part of what the early church dealt with in gnosticism you know what here's a news flash there are some people today who are teaching on spirit realm and spirit things who say that very thing jesus really didn't his sacrifice was more uh a memorial than an actual physical thing but there's all kinds of crazy things that people believe but the point is we know thank god why jesus came we know that he came to show us the father and to make a way for through his sacrifice for us to know the father that's what the enemy doesn't like that's why satan chose to rebel that whole concept of you knowing the father and his spirit being in you and you partnering with him satan didn't like that at all the bible says from the very beginnings when he first heard that satan wanted to kill man even before man was created he wanted to kill man that's what Jesus said Satan was a murderer from the beginning literally man-killer so I just think that we've got to be very careful when we're walking in this world right now because there are so many seducing spirits I mean they God the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times and I think all of us would have to agree this is much more a latter time than 2,000 years ago when Paul wrote this to Timothy. And I really do think that it is the latter times of all times. And um, there are seducing spirits just out there. They, they're roamers. They they have no continuing city. They, they only serve the dictates of the doctrines of devils. And their objective is to get you to abandon what you know in God and to accept what they are dishing out. And um, some people will just buy into it. And this, this business of, you can be deceived, but you can also sell yourself out for some agenda. Your conscience can be branded. You can, you can sell yourself out for a goal for an objective and embrace all this malarkey so you can you can do it sometimes you wonder how can they say that how can they believe that well their conscience is no longer subject to the sprinkling of the blood they're now branded they are branded with some identity some objective something else owns them and the the fee that they're paid they they hope they'll get it it won't satisfy them but they hope they'll get it and that opens the door for all these things there are lots of things in our world today in our nation today that people have their consciences branded by and you could just go down through the list I'm not going to mention them but we, we could if you listed the top five or six things that people have given themselves to in the world in this nation and everything that they are always reverts back to that if you say something They'll come back to their brand, and they'll accuse you of being against that. It's, it's just obvious. It's all around. And so even if you present a truth, even if you say, no, no, I'm not saying that. Look at this. Oh, I don't want to hear that. Their conscience is branded. They're not hearing it. They don't want to hear it. And there are doctrines of devils and seducing spirits that are just guiding them. You said over the past few years sometimes you hear things that people say in our country and you think how do they believe that how and you know we could give illustrations of it i mean the one most recently and i think everybody in this room would would say yeah I, i'm on board with this the the ruling in new york that A baby that's born on the table that the mother can say kill it and that be law I think all of us would say this little kid's alive There, there he is he's breathing he's crying and you're saying that it's the mother's right to kill that kid and the doctor can go over there what doctor would do that and just kill it so we'd say that but yet there are people across this nation whose conscience has been branded and that doesn't bother them. That, it doesn't bother them. In fact, their brand cries out, oh, it's, and they, they go down the line. Usually women's right to her own body, which I think, how can you think that? But they do. And, and it's, you can show them pictures. You can bring things to them. And, and, and all they'll offer is we're going to boycott your state you come against this and um that's happening in georgia right now and you think how can people do that now i'm just giving an illustration of this there are many others of it um but i pray that our conscience would always be governed by the sprinkling of the blood of jesus and that um we don't need to be branded by this, because, by these things because we're bondservants of God. We're bought with a price. We are not our own. So we've got to serve Him. We can't, we can't give ourselves to these other things. And usually people accept a brand. They sell out because there's something that they deem that is worth something that they want. Yeah, I'll sell out for that. And, um, But the point is, this is described right here about the latter days, and the Spirit is speaking expressly. It's interesting that Paul would say that. Why would he have to say that? This is the Bible here. Why couldn't he just say, the Spirit says? But to say the Spirit speaks expressly means, hey. <laughs> This is something that the Spirit is really warning you about. And it's going to keep on flowing as a warning, and you better listen. And in the latter times, this is coming. So it's interesting, this Prosecco business. And and it's really, it's, it's a warning. Because this is the way the enemy group functions. They Prosecco. Uh, what the enemy wants but we have the real and we're told over and over again to prosecco um, what god's called us to be what we've learned what we are and uh, what we know in him we have to hold on to that and continually be that because when we do that to whom much is given much is required but you're faithful in those things he gives you more so i bless you with that and um, i think this is a timely word for us in this season heavenly father i thank you for your word thank you for us for allowing us to uh, have fun with it but let us not miss the meaning of it um, I pray you'll keep all of our saints, all of your saints, firmly in the palm of your hand. Um, Help us to remain faithful and let our hearts be ever so vibrant with the reality of who you are in us and what you've called us to be. I bless your people. And I thank you for your goodness to us, for we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless all of you. See, you didn't know you were going to come tonight and hear a little bit of Aretha, but there you have it. God bless. Thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in.